Welcome to our second fundamental analysis, and this one where we're taking a look at P-E ratio analysis. So on the surface, it's fairly simple, but there's a lot of subjective factors that we're going to reveal through some in this lesson, some in future lessons. So when we think about the P-E ratio, what is it that we're really saying? We're saying that in current times that the price over the, uh, the earnings per share is kind of like a relative price. Uh, we often refer to it as the multiplier. And what this is saying is it's saying here's how much I'm willing to pay for every dollar of earnings right now. And in theory, if we're just looking at right now, then this should be the same for every stock. So why would why would we be willing to pay a larger multiple, in other words, a larger price for every dollar of earnings? And the answer is that we are willing to pay more based on future earnings. So we would justify a, a higher P.E. right now based on future earnings. And this is where we convert from a calculation, which is what we have right now, and which we can't use into our model, into E model is based on the fact that we're willing to play a price now for future earnings. And so this future earnings are going to be an estimate of future earnings. And so when we're using this model, what we're trying to do is we're trying to estimate what this likely will be. That's what all of our research is going into. And then using that to justify a larger or a smaller PE. PE, smaller PE. And this is important relative to similar stocks. And we typically think of similar stocks being in the same industry. So let's examine that idea right now. It's page six of the notes that I sent to you. Page, uh, it talks about a few ways that we might do that. So we've got in this example, stock AAA and stock BBB. And their earnings right now are both equal to one dollar. Well, what I find out with stock AAAA is that its growth rate um, has been 20% in the past years, and it's likely to continue at 20%. Whereas with BBB, the growth rate is equal to only... Um, Sorry, I mixed, I mixed those up. This was 25%, whereas BBB, the growth rate is only equal to 20%. And that's likely to continue. So which one would we prefer? They both have $1 earnings, but it looks like this one is going to grow at a faster rate. 
what we would say then is that relative to BBBBB, that we could justify a higher PE ratio. And our justified PE ratio for A would be larger than BBBB. So if we justified a PE ratio, and notice this is PE over E1, so it's the justified ratio. If we justify a PE here of 15, then the PE over here would be larger than 15. Another justified PE ratio, and there are lots of ways, we're going to introduce a number of them to you through the upcoming lessons, are the idea of using a historical PE. So we compare it to, again, to others in this other similar stock, typically in the same industry. If we look at, for example, we're going to take an example here of consolidated Edistrin versus the industry. So when we're solving what should the PE be, what would I justify for it? Uh, historic, historically, if the PE for Consolidated Edison is 110% of the industry, and we have the industry PE, we've justified a PE of 16, then what that would mean when I put these two pieces of data together is that my I could justify a PE for Consolidated Edison that was 110% of the industry's PE, so 17.6. When it comes to modeling the price then, and we're looking at this idea of the justified PE, if I want to isolate the price, so if I want to figure out what the price is, all I need to do is take my justified PE and multiply it by my estimated earnings. So that's our E1. So that would be my estimated earnings. And we're beginning to see how both here a higher PE is justified by estimated earnings and here the role estimated earnings play. So now these two cancel each other out. I multiply this number by this number and I end up with my model price. The last thing that we want to is how the DDM can give us some insight. So remember that the DDM says that the price of this should be D0 times 1 plus G all over K minus G. Well, to get my justified PE out of this, all I need to do is divide both sides by E1. my estimated earnings. And what I get then is really quite interesting. So over on the left hand side I get my regular justified 
uh, EPS. On the right hand side, notice that that D0 times 1 plus G turns into next year's dividend and I can write this new equation like this all over that. This is about to give us some insight. What will change my justified PE? Well, notice that the lower this is, the higher my PE could be. Higher I could justify that PE. And so we think of this often as being the required rate of return and reflective of risk. So lower risk, the higher my PE. Higher risk, the lower my PE. With our growth rate again, the lower the growth rate, that means I'm taking a, a over on the bottom here, the denominator, I'm taking a larger number, dividing the top by that, so I'll end up with a smaller number over here. So a lower growth rate would justify a lower PE. And similarly, a higher growth rate when we estimate earnings growth would justify a higher PE. This last one is kind of interesting. And this, of course, represents the idea of the payout ratio. What that, what's that going to look like in the future? So it would suggest that the larger the payout ratio, the larger I could justify my PE. It's a really bad looking PE. Let me do that again. And so these are some of the insights that we're going to be beginning to work with. And we want to start now thinking about what will drive these parts of the model. And it's one way about thinking about the PE. Do we have to calculate this out exactly? No. Similar with other things, we want to really emphasize that earnings. Earnings are what drive this model. Higher earnings uh, justify higher PEs. Lower earnings justify lower PEs.